What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, and I am fired up to be delivering this one to you today. I am joined by Lauren Alt Kishpaw, who is the Vice President of Marketing at Postal. They're doing great marketing work. Go check out their stuff. We are exploring a topic that a lot of us, I think, are thinking about but haven't put any action to yet, and that is the return to connecting offline talk about the transition back to offline, trade shows, how to differentiate, experiential events, and why they matter more now than ever before. A lot of good stuff. Lauren's smart. She's She knows her stuff. Get out the notepad. If you like what we're doing over here, you can follow, subscribe, do all those things, but most importantly, tell a damn marketing friend. You're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. Excited about this conversation. We are talking about a topic that has yet to be talked about on the pod, and that is the return of connecting offline, which we've all, during the pandemic, been doing our jobs remotely. However, now we're starting to see some opportunities with doing in-person activities. And so I wanted to talk with someone who is currently working on some of those initiatives and works at a business where it's a big part of what they do. So I'm joined by Lauren Alt-Kishpaw, who's the VP of Marketing at Postal. We got a chance to catch up before the conversation and excited for this one. Lauren, without further ado, welcome. How are you? Hi, Brett. Thanks for having me. I am fantastic. I'm outside enjoying the sun and have zero complaints about my day. So this is might be a modern day marketer first where uh, our guest is recording outside, which maybe you can set the stage to tell the audience where you're located and why it's reasonable to be outside because you're kind of in the perfect spot in the country for this. (laughs) I'm in Marin County, north of San Francisco. Um, I left the city so I could have said backyard that I could sit in and take podcast calls and I've got a puppy here. So May or may not hear real life puppy noises. Oh, I love it. We're keeping it real over here. Um, before we jump into the topic, I'd love for you to maybe kind of give some background on Postal. Like for anyone who doesn't know who Postal is, what you do, the types of customers you you serve, the floor is yours. Great. Yeah. Postal is an offline marketing automation platform. So that's fancy B2B marketing words for we help people connect with people in the offline We help with the what to send, when to send it, and how to send it. Those are the questions we like to answer for B2B marketers, sales, CS, and HR folks. Um, So, you know, in the wake of COVID-19, the offline and figuring out how to connect in the physical world was, 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 you know, really relevant. And so that's, that's where Postal came in. We were, we launched publicly in 2020. So May of 2020. So really just the best time in the world to launch a, a startup. So we did that. And then really found product market fit and scaled in 2021. And so a lot of our learnings, a lot of like what we've built has been built out of this pandemic world. So this kind of future world. And we have, you know, a lot of things to say and a lot of learnings, a lot of research we've done and to what we believe is the future of connecting with people offline. Love that. Maybe you can shed some light because I, I, I think it's very helpful, especially when I'm talking with marketing leadership. Maybe share a little bit of perspective about like your current team and like, the structure and like what types of roles do you currently have working for you on the postal marketing team? Sure. I'm the head of marketing. So uh, the functions that I oversee include product marketing, demand generation and ABM, content and brand, experience and field, 
um, sales development and customer marketing. So those are kind of the arms, the traditional arms, I guess what's, what's less traditional is having sales development roll up, um, into marketing as well. That's something that we've tested, something that I'm, that I'm passionate about, something that, you know, I had never done in past lives, but I found a lot of joy in, and I, and I have a lot of passion towards, you know, marketing, becoming the full pipe gen team. I love that. And sorry, one more, because I'm inspired by just what you said, when you, when it's maybe something, a function that you're, you have not overseen before, or that is new to you at some level, like what, what steps and things have you done to kind of get ramped up on that, that function, just to make sure you, you have an understanding and of how it kind of fits into your broader marketing strategy? Yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of the functions that I manage, I've never done in, in, as a practitioner, right? Like I'm a demand gen person. I came from demand gen marketing campaigns, operations. Like I'm, I'm a numbers gal. I'm an analytical gal. Um, so all of this, you know, brand and content and product marketing and category creation, all that is new for me. So it's been a, it's been a, in any case, in, in anything that I, that I feel like I have less experience in, I usually lean on my network. So making sure I have the right smart people that are giving me insights and also uh, learning from people who've done it before here. So, you know, Patricia Duchesne is our CRO here, our head of revenue, and she, you know, is, is a wonderful peer to me. And so, you know, in most decisions, we're not, I'm not making a loan, especially when it comes to sales development. It's usually in collaboration with what's best for the revenue team. I love that. Uh, that's great perspective. And maybe we can, uh, as we, we kind of set the stage, dive into the the topic. I'm curious, looking at Postal, understanding kind of who you are, what you do, who you serve, like obviously the pandemic, I'm sure like had some ripple effect. It, it affected everyone, obviously, but I would imagine like uh, based on what you all do, it had some impact and you had to think about things maybe a little bit differently. So I'd be curious, just ways that you kind of kind of took that as an opportunity and stood out when there weren't any offline activities that were happening. Yeah. Like I said, we were 2020, we're 2020 kids. So um, a lot of things that we've built into our platform are native to, you know, what was important at that time. And I, I believe will be important for the foreseeable future. One of which is, you know, we didn't invent the offline, you know, people who direct mail, sending swag, you know, postcards, brochures, and any kind of kidding or, or corporate gifting, not new. We did not invent that. What we're trying to do is make it simpler. Most B2B organizations that we talked to when we were, we were kind of the inception of Postal was that they didn't do it at scale, even though they knew that it worked. How do they know it worked? They're not really sure. They usually can't track it back to CRM or their marketing programs. However, they know there's a feel aspect. There's, they know there's a neurological response when it comes to receiving something physically in the mail. And so most marketers get it. Um, however, what became even harder than what was hard before was knowing where people were physically. That's one of the, the main reasons, ha- that the main ways that we kind of leaned in to the pandemic change, which is before... You know, you would stuff your mailers if you're old school and you would send them to all the HQ of your buy- potential buyers. Now you can't send things to HQ. You can't assume that what's the HQ on the website is where your potential prospects are. Before it didn't work super well because there was always about 30% of people who worked in remote offices and that surplus would just surplus would just sit in, you know, would end up in the trash essentially. And it would be wasted marketing spend. So what we built into Postal is important in, in address verification and collection. So that you can know where any given prospect is and they can, you know, ship to wherever they are, whether they're living in a van on the road or they're, you know, at their parents' house, which a lot of people did move back home during the pandemic. We were able to create a super seamless process of collecting 
and verifying where people were. So I completely understand like being in that seat that has used direct mail forever and the complexity and just the waste and all of that. And you said something about simplifying the process and that's what you're doing. You're not the inventors. Has there been anything like in your messaging or talk track or, you know, it could be sales, marketing product, things that you've put out there said that kind of strikes a chord that resonates with people and maybe like that thing that you've continued that you you say or push out um, is something you've doubled down on to like continue to kind of get in the hearts and minds of people that would be potentially using postal as a service. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like a rant and a platform that I have been on for a while as as my CEO has as well. And I think what's resonating more is, is, Feeling about when we're talking about the future of, of marketing strategy programs and execution, it shouldn't be thinking about offline or gifting. Some of our competitors in the space really lean into the gifting aspect and the things. It really shouldn't. It shouldn't be about me or about using postal or about direct mail or the thing or the cupcake or the whatever it is that's that's being sent. It's really about a fully fledged omni-channel marketing program and campaign that you can track in one place, and that is at in essence, what offline marketing automation should do. Marketing automation is not new. Marketing automation was came into the market and did change the future of email tracking. And that's really what offline marketing automation should do in essence and should really amplify your own omni-channel strategy. So whether that's digital, I mean, it's definitely digital, right? Digital, email, offline, all of these channels should coexist together and be able to be seamlessly executed and tracked back into one single place that that's really that's at at essence what we want to do which is a little bit forward thinking because a lot of people we do talk to especially legacy companies they don't need to track what's happening in the offline they have developed a system where they get it they know it works their their customers called them and said they love the pack the pack whatever you sent them and that's that's usually how it goes but we're we're kind of trying to, to switch things up I love the idea and the thoughts around tracking and that being the thing. I think, you know, it's, it's expensive, right? It, it costs a lot of money to send stuff. So uh, layering a, a little bit of accountability to that process um, is, is definitely makes sense to me. And we talked about, we're talking about the tracking now, maybe like just the transition in general. I've, I've been curious, and I think I even asked you just marketers in general that are going to events how that's going, right? It's been like two years since we've like been at trade shows or been at field marketing events. So maybe like from your end, the transition back to the offline, like what do you think like we you, we can learn from that experience or maybe just your personal experience? What have you learned? And I would be curious on like, what are some things that we potentially should just stop doing because they're a waste based on this new marketing space that we are currently operating in? Yeah. So, I mean, marketer to marketer, we have recently returned to going to trade shows. We were at Forrester B2B. We were at another marketing conference in Scottsdale. You know, we're getting out there. And of course, my, you know, my field team is, is wonderful and, and experienced, but they also, we were all unsure, right? Uncharted territories. Are people ready to go back? What's the, what's the, the vibes going to be? And what we found was people are ready to be be out there. They're ready to engage face-to-face. They're ready to have those conversations we used to have a little bit differently because of course there's, you know, health restrictions and there's, you know, different interactions and there's people showing up at events that want to spend more time with their colleagues than with, you know, vendors perhaps um, because they don't have that face-to-face office time with it. So we've had seen some small adjustments, but again, I guess my 
there's caution and I, I I'm worried the marketing industry and practitioners will go exactly back to where we were living before the pandemic. And I just don't want that to happen because we learned so much over the last two years. Sure. We kind of like, you know, buried our heads in the sand for two years when it comes to in-person events, but we learned so much as it pertains to virtual experiences and those hybrid experiences that I really hope the industry holds on to. And, you know, we, we kind of leaned into using our own platform for those types of experiences. So we've seen not only using it for us and my own marketing team, but also for our customers. So I'm, I'm assuming by like the old way, maybe we're talking about, and this is what I'm visualizing and you've been in a trade show since you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking about just like booths everywhere. And then people sitting behind that are on the booth responsible, maybe an SDR or something the team set out, like sitting there on their face in their phones and like people walking by and then maybe they'll look up if they're at their table. That to me, when I'm thinking about a trade show, that's more normal than not. So is that the type of thing that you're seeing and talking about? Well, if I sent SDRs to a trade show and they were in the, on their phone, that would be a big no-no as a marketer. We like to keep our vibes really high at the booth. That's, that's you know, when you're in a sea of booths, you have to keep the vibes and the energy high because you have to stand out. You're basically all yelling into the one giant ballroom at the same time. So you really need to do something a little bit different, wacky, or just, you know, be generally more entertaining or upbeat or positive or whatever it is than the peers there. So there's that. And I felt that at conferences we were at, I think that people are excited and ready to be there and ready to get out there. I think when I say like the old school way of doing things, there's some things that have technology has has changed to, to adapt to a remote disparate workforce. And we can leverage that to do things differently in trade shows. So, okay. So if you're ever an event marketer or managing event, you probably have a giveaway or a swag piece at your booth, right? You've got T-shirts are the most common, probably. T-shirts come in a variety of flavors and sizes, right? So I don't know how many Bretts are going to be there. Brett, I'm sure you're probably a medium. So you're from some standard size, right? We don't know how many standard Bretts. Medium, you, you nailed it. Really? <laughs> Just from seeing your shoulders up. I know. It's wow. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like about my husband's size. So I'd probably get him a medium. But yeah, so anyways. Um, yeah, so you've got your things. You don't know how many you know, larges or extra larges or smalls are going to be there. You, sh- you just kind of send a variety and you know, there'll be mostly mediums and smalls, right? But you don't really know. Um, so you send all your swag to the booth. You have, you pay for the shipping, you pay the env- environmental cost to ship all of these items to your booth. You have your booth people, they're giving them out during the week. Then if you've ever been the person who has to clean up the booth, which I have many times, and I always, you know, want to give a lending hand, the booth people are just like trying to get their swag given away as fast as humanly possible because they don't want to ship it. So you, there's, they're like, it's, they're giving away bags and jackets and gummy bears and all kinds of things you really don't want. And they're trying to get rid of it. Nobody wants it. So, so at the end of the trade show, you're trying to get rid of all your stuff. Then if you don't get rid of all your stuff, you have to then ship it back to your warehouse. That's hosting it all. Okay. You have to pay the, you have to pay the cost that this crazy trade show you know, Freeman costs, and then you have to pay the environmental cost. So you just shipped a bunch of stuff that you thought you were going to use. You're not going to use. Then it's in your warehouse till you go to the next conference next week. Then that goes there. Well, maybe not the next week. Cause if you're, you know, but you know what I mean? It goes back and forth to the warehouse to trade shows. What if you didn't have to do that? What if you could just on demand via QR codes, get people to accept your swag and then have it shipped straight from the warehouse to their home? They don't have to pack in their suitcase. They don't have to lug it around in a tote bag that they got 
from someone else's booth. Then you don't have to pay for shipping. Then you don't even have to unpack the boxes. The setup for the booth is instant. And then you can have that environmental peace of mind as well. And so those types of things like that people have built to have to like be able to serve this remote workforce is, is, an, is something that we did at our booth the last couple of times that have been, has been well received in our setup time. It's five minutes because we have, you know, we, we had these cute die cut t-shirts made out of cardstock with a QR code and the reason, you know, and it said like, stop schlepping your sl- swag. And then they just take a picture of it. And then the swag goes to their house. That's what we've been doing. So stuff like that is just an example of like how I think people should don't just go back to the way that you were doing it before. Think about how we can leverage the technology that was built for in the pandemic to move forward. What I like about this like example is I would imagine if this happened to me and I walked up to the postal booth and you didn't give me a t-shirt, but instead presented me the QR code and I went through the whole process. They're probably, and I'd be, I, my question is like, is this happening? There'd probably the, be this moment during this whole process where I quit thinking about like the t-shirt I was about to get in the mail and then start thinking about like, oh wait, like we have trade shows, we do booths, like, wait a minute, I can avoid all of this on my end. Has that happened at all? Like in real time at, during your booth experience? Yeah. Cause we go to these marketing conferences. So yeah, people are like, what, well, this is, this is crazy. Like this is pretty genius. And we had like a marketing agency that was running someone else's booth for an enterprise show run over and just be like, who made these, who, who made these over here? What's going on? So it's fun to like help other field marketers innovate with those types of ideas as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. You uh, kind of getting out of the trade shows. I know when we spoke last, you were talking a lot about some of these experimental events that you're doing. And I thought it made sense and it sounded cool and it was a little outside of the box. So maybe share some like ideas and things your team is executing on right now. And like why, why doing those types of things, if you have the budget for it matter right now. Yeah. So our favorite thing is to use our own product to sell the product. And so we really leaned into using our own events marketplace to tell our story. However, the story of experiential and experience uh, virtual events is important for all because it applies to all industries, all segments. doesn't matter who you're selling to. If you can deliver an experience that's meaningful, that's memorable, um, it's, it's going to be impactful. So um, when it comes to virtual events, we don't, we don't truly, we don't really believe in the traditional webinar anymore. One, people have zoom fatigue Two, They're not, you know, your executive buyer is not willing to sit 60 minutes on a, on an educational resource. Um, and three, they're going to context switch. So they've got their Slack pinging every two seconds. Like the, the retention of the content is going to be impossible. Um, uh, so we don't really believe in the traditional webinar anymore. However, we started dabbling in these kind of co-experiences, which are have an experience. So have a physical part of it. So, you know, a, a whiskey tasting, a, a, you know, cookie pairing sometimes as elaborate as like a cooking thing. That's very interactive, um, but also just cold brew tasting, you know, uh, beer and pretzel collab, you know, all kinds of things have an experience where people can network, meet, have a, you know, an interesting physical experience. That's, that's, that means they're having that offline experience. They're also having that digital experience because they're still in the comfort of their home in their pajamas with their kids, you know, sleeping in the next room. Um, but they're able to have that brand recognition, that brand impression, and that, get yeah, that connection with the attendees, even if you're not 
physically there. So we do we do those monthly um, for our potential prospects and customers and and all that. Um, and a couple learnings from that, like not only is it a, a better brand experience to have you know a branded kit show up at someone's doorstep a day before they're supposed to show up on your virtual event. One, it gets them to come. Two, it's another brand touch point where they think about you. It's all about getting them to think about you um, when they can think about 10,000 other things. Then they come to your event. They're more likely to come to the event because you sent them the kit. They know when the time and place because there was a handwritten note inside and they're excited to do something that's not sit in front of a, a, you know, a non-24 screen and, and watch somebody, um, you know, a talking head. So that's what we've um that's what we've been doing. And, you know, some we've learned that even just it's as simple as keeping people's hands busy when they're at home. They cannot contact switch if they're holding a beer. They are listening. They are engaged. They are smiling. They are, you know, at the end of the day, I want people to learn from their peers. Like, I don't need them to listen to me talk all day. But so if they can come and, you know, have an interesting experience with an expert, learn something about whiskey and then, you know, meet a couple peers and then learn a little bit about Postal even five minutes of postal. If they would listen to 30 seconds of postal. That's a win for a marketer when we're competing for everyone's time. So I love what you said about just w- trying to win kind of their hearts and minds and staying with it. So last question on this one is, do you, do you all do like a, a, a reoccurring, like, all right, let's try this or let's double down on that because we think that worked more like what's your process with your team to come up with some of these ideas? I'll admit I'm not in charge of any of the creative brainstorming for better, like for good reason, right? Like I have a wonderfully creative team of people. Our head of experiences is named Kiana Gasemi. And so she she's like the brainchild of most of these. She was actually the product manager for our postal events platform, which is really abnormal. We hired a marketer to build a product that she would want to use. And then she she eventually moved over to the marketing side and she runs all experience and field and offline for us here. So she's been the brainchild behind that. And all of her wonderful creative experiences have actually been able to be seeded over into the product because whenever she has a creative event idea, she sends it to our merchandising team and they figure out how to make it happen, make magic happen. So a lot of it is seasonal. So we did like um, Girl Scout cookies and wine pairing events. We did, uh, what did we do? We did Common Som, a comedian who also is a sommelier. Um, we do you know, milk bar cookie tastings. We do, and we're not always eating and drinking. That makes it sound like we're always eating and drinking. Terrarium building, you know, and we always bring in an expert. So these are all experiences that are kind of out of the box that you can book as, you know, a start to finish event, including reg capture and all that. That's Those are out of the box experience that you can get with just postal events. So, so you know, but she's also the creative arm behind it. So we've done a ton of things. Um, hundred, I mean, there's hundreds of, of ideas that have been thrown around. And that's, that's how we, I mean, you got to stand out. We're doing actually plug for our own upcoming event. We're doing uh, drag queen bingo at the end of June for pride month. So we're going to do it virtual. So we're going to get hundreds of people, hopefully on the line to do one, probably the world's largest B2B bingo game. I mean, I think I can claim that being, I haven't seen anyone. Claim else it. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the world's largest B2B bingo. I love it. So we've we've covered a lot of ground. Direct mail. Uh, we talked about trade shows and how to differentiate, and now uh, some of the, these experiential events. Um, ton of ground. Learned a ton. Maybe we can close it out here, uh, Lauren. Share. There's a lot of marketers, I'm sure, that are working towards getting back in the market, doing things that they weren't doing. You know, six 
months ago, 12 months ago, what sort of advice, like maybe like the first step or the first thing you'd advise other marketers who are listening to this podcast, who are kind of moving back to offline activities, like what would you recommend? I I mean, offline, I, I would just, I would just say, and, and anything, actually, my one advice for marketers going back to a new world is do not get stuck in the ways you used to do stuff. I mean, I don't manage the same as I used to. I don't operate the same as I used to. I don't, we don't do the things we used to. And it's very uncomfortable. I, I do a lot of new things <laughs> in my day to day. And there's a lot of new things going on in the offline, offline world that's, that are really interesting. And if you, you get yourself into a box where you um, want to do it the old way, you have a framework you know, you, you have your research and, you know, it kind of has to all be thrown out the window right now. Unfortunately, that sounds a little cliche, um, but that's my only piece of advice is just try, just try something new and, and you don't have to try something new in a big way. I, you know, just taking bite-sized pieces of any new strategy, program, playbook, job, taking bite-sized pieces and, and just be willing to do one, one small bite. You don't need to be super sophisticated at any given moment in any single strategy. Just try. I love it. Be adaptable is what I hear. You mentioned the bingo show. This is the end, but this is a marketing pod. What else? You get, what is something else you want to plug that's going on at Postal right now? Hmm. What else are we plugging? Um, I mean, we're getting, I don't know. I would love to, to plug the fact that we're going to be out there and, you know, in IRL at all these conferences and trade shows this year. We'll be at Dreamforce. So let's, let's do some things together. You know, marketers love to collab together and we are stronger together. So co-marketing partnerships, leaning into podcasts like this content, you know, that's what we'll be doing. Awesome. If it go, go look for the postal booth. If you're out at a MarTech event, your uh, suitcase will not be heavier on the way home. So go check them out. Lauren, this was awesome. I learned a ton. I'm thinking about what we're doing a little bit differently after this one. Um, You take care and we'll have to get you back on to learn more sometime soon. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed that one. I love talking to marketing leaders who know where they're going and know how to get their team organized around it. They're doing some really cool stuff at Postal. Go check it out. If you like what we're doing over here, you already know the drill. Tell a friend, tell a marketing friend, take care of yourself, take care of others around you. We'll be back more Modern Day Marketer next week. Peace.